Hello again, everybody. You're listening to the Total Basis Podcast. I am your host, Felipe, and there over there, over there is Sean Flannery. Sean, I see that the sun has come out. Yeah, a little bit. It's still kind of nasty out there. All right. I checked the weather. It says it's just it's supposed to stop at seven for you guys. So good luck. Yeah, with that. It, it's I, I don't know. It's better than it was about half hour ago. So we'll take right, it. We'll, we'll stay dry. It rained uh, pretty mildly here in Chicago, or at least in my neck of the woods of Chicago, Illinois. And uh, it's been cloudy all day, but it's the first nice day. Like, like it's not too muggy or hot or extreme. So I'm happy about that. Um, but uh, at any rate, we're here to talk some baseball, some baseball trades. Not we're not, you know, we're not going to talk about the big names. We know who Justin Verlander is. We know who Max Scherzer is. Uh, who's another big name that got traded this <laughs> this deadline? Uh, um, Lucas Giolito. Yeah, like yeah, we know who Lucas Giolito uh, is. Kind of, kind of, a, kind of a name. Former Cy Young candidate. Did he ever win the Cy Young? I don't remember. I don't uh, think he won the Cy did Young. Did he win it like in 2020? Maybe. Did he win the, the Mickey Mouse Cy Young? Oh boy. Well, oh, well, Cy Young candidate, Cy Young winner. It doesn't matter. I mean, he was he was a, a top echelon. Well, I mean, top 12, top 10 pitcher at one point. I guess that's a big name. No, but you know, we're we're, we're at the Total Basis Podcast. We we like to. Cover all the bases, right? Yeah. We like to yeah, cover he, all. He, the... he never wanted. He did receive Cy Young votes in nineteen twenty and twenty one. Nineteen twenty and twenty one. That's good, man. Top ten. You know, the all... prohibition was uh, heavy around that time. Nineteen twenty yeah. and nineteen twenty one. He had to go to speakeasies and to play his video games. <laughs> oh yeah, because you know, the pandemic, right? Yeah, yeah. So he, he had nowhere to go. Uh, so he had to speak easy about it. No, so, uh, so yeah, 20, you meant 2020, 2021, not 1920, 1921. Uh, Jack Flaherty also got traded. Well, you know what I found out, Sean, with that Jack Flaherty trade. I know I said that we were probably going to start with the White Sox, uh, what they did on August 1st. But look at this trade. Uh, uh, this caught my eye, and I don't want to, because I know we're going to probably talk about the Mets as well, and that's going to take up a lot of time. But before we do that, let's check out this Orioles trade between the Orioles and the Cardinals with Jack Flaherty, who suddenly looks like his old self again like he had no yeah he, he threw he threw troubles. the hardest pitch he's thrown and i think it was like two years or something like that that's his first start with baltimore because we both thought he was done i, I think mm-hmm. i remember you you and i had a private conversation about hey what do you think about jack flaherty should i acquire him should i pick him up from waivers what what do you think i should do there i don't know man it looks like we, we were talking about some major arm issues and you know he has the shoulder the elbow the forearm everything's gone to crap I would avoid him, and I agree. Like, yeah, you're right. I would avoid him. Plus, he plays with the Cardinals, so let's avoid him. And then, sure enough, he plays with the Orioles. He has this renewed sense of, I don't know, worth, <laughs> a sense of priorities or something. Yeah, it's been one of those, like, he hasn't been terrible this year. I mean, ERA 4.2, uh, closing in on a two-win season. But it's, like, obviously not what he was at his peak. But, I mean, the Velo really hasn't come back yet, and... He's dealt with so many injuries just in the last three years, but uh, maybe this is a step forward for him. And it's a pretty good ballpark with how they've adjusted that fence in left field now. So yeah, the Great Wall of Baltimore for sure. Yeah, it keeps all the baseballs out of the Chinese part of the <laughs> baseball field. But here's a player for you, right? Ugh. At the time that here's a player, and at the time that we uh, showcased this guy in our prospects, it review, was a while ago. Uh, back in 2022. But was that, okay? uh, May, May 8th of 2022. And I say this because you know how happy I get anytime a player that we spotlighted exclusively on this show, it makes some headwind or makes some headlines and head waves. 
at the time last year, he was 23, so I guess he's 24 now. He was at high A, uh, a pretty short shortstop, 5'9", 175. I don't know where Fangraphs has him at right now. Let's see. The, the, so that five was another nine. argument. Yeah, 5'9". It's still the same. So it's like never, nothing changed. Uh, and there was no prospect grades last year. There are now prospect grades this year, but this is what we wrote about. This is what I wrote about him. He's old for the minor league level that he's playing in. He's a Cuban import, though, has plus hit tool with burgeoning power. And sure enough, over at the Fangraphs page, a 50 out of 60 hit tool. Uh, the power is still kind of lacking. There's not a lot much, much speed to talk about. 40 future value, so, you know, right around there. But he, the reason he's called that we are, I'm, I'm calling it out, it's because that's your guy, Cesar Prieto. Mm-hmm. Cesar Prieto, the Baltimore Orioles. Now with the Cardinals uh, being one of the centerpieces that the Cardinals received back for Jack Flaherty. And I know you were very giddy about him, talking about him last year. What what did he do with the Orioles this year at AAA? Uh, not much power, not much pop. But you know what? He controls his strikeouts, knows how to take a walk, and has a 365 on base percentage to go with a 368 weighted on base average. That's good for uh 836 ops. Cesar Prieto, uh, how happy are you that he's uh, looking like he might be someone of note for your St. Louis Cardinals? Well, I mean, he has the the most important hit tool or the most important tool you can have as a baseball player, at least as a position player. And that's being able to put the bat on the ball consistently and get good results. And uh, like you said, he was Cuban import, came over older. Um, That made me a little bit skeptical, even though I was high on him, that he was 23 playing in high A. but here he is now, AAA. Uh, he's put the numbers together and gets moved for a, a, a solid major league player. And I'm not really sure uh, where he fits into the scheme of things for the Cardinals because they have guys like Tommy Edmond, Brendan Donovan, uh, who are all kind of in that same mold. And Prieto's more of just a pure second baseman. Not much defensively there going on with him. But... Uh, even if he's just like a utility infielder with a, a good bat that comes off the bench a couple times a week, um, that that's a good outcome, I guess, just for someone who came over so late and got such a late start in the professionals, uh, professional leagues here in the States. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good way of putting it. Um, I mean, it's, like I said, the only reason I'm excited for a guy like this, because you know I me, mean, I don't, I don't get excited for guys like this, but there is stuff to get excited about. I mean, he's shown that he has great plate discipline, great plate approach, and can get on base. I, I, I wouldn't say mark. it's it's the best discipline because I'm looking at his uh, AAA numbers here, and he does have a 40% out of the zone swing rate, which is very, very high, but he also has a very, very high contact percentage uh, both inside the zone and outside the zone. So it's just one of those guys who likes to swing, and he puts the bat on the ball and gets pretty good results. So... <laughs> Yeah, and sorry, when I say play this man, all I'm seeing, can he control his strikeouts? But you're yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Unfortunately, I don't have swing tendencies because of its fan graphs, but swing, swing and strike rate has never gone above 10% nope. at any of his stops. So that, that should tell you, that, that's all I need to know about his plate discipline. But it's a, definitely a good plate approach for a guy like him of his size, his stature. Uh, the, you said the hit tool, uh, he does make contact rates. So it's, it's basically, if you can't uh, hit for power, at least control your strikeouts and hit for generate plenty of contact and most importantly for me it's a 365 on base percentage mm-hmm. this is someone that i would pick up in fantasy leagues or if i'm the cardinals is he a, a, a cornerstone of my infield for the future probably not but i think i like the way you uh, framed it that he 
at the very least could be a guy that a utility player that can come off the bench. Yeah. That doesn't hurt and you. <laughs> produce and it doesn't hurt. He doesn't hurt you. Another guy that got picked up in that trade drew Rom. And the reason I wanted to talk about drew Rom is because I, I don't know if we ever spotlighted him. I know that he's a guy that has come up on, on certain lists or has gone, you know, in passing on my radar. So let's discuss left-handed pitcher six two two fifteen according to fan graphs. 55 slider. That's his uh, bread and butter, it seems like, along with a 50 size splitter. Uh, fastball is kind of pedestrian, but the command is there, but still only graded at the, as a 35 plus future value, which basically, in my book, Sean, that basically means that, uh, yeah, the command is going to be great. That They believe in the command, but the stuff is very underwhelming, despite the fact that he has two pitches that are above 50 graded, according to uh, fan graphs. And we'll see what he has done uh, this year. This is his second stint in AAA. Very a double-digit strikeout per nine once again. That's his, kind of been his MO. The walk rate is pretty darn high, 4.81 so far. In his second stint in AAA, that to me is It is an extremely hitter-friendly. So I've seen like, – if you I go don't you care. At, if you look at some of like the pitching numbers just in the International League this year – I think the batting, like just the league average OPS is around 800. It's like absurd. So I do see why some pitchers are just like, screw this and start nibbling and or walking yeah. more. Because you see in his like prior stops, the, the walk rate was, you know, not great, but well within check. Uh, yeah. And in the last year, you know, his walk rate really jacked up. Yeah. But um, I, I'm not too high on ROM. Uh, the little blurb that Fangraphs gave him. Um, when they ranked all the prospects that were traded spot starter, low nineties, fastball sweeper above average command. And of course, since he's a lefty, he's got a funky delivery. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, yes, I mean, St. Louis needs arms. Uh, I think oh, this year showed that uh, tremendously that they really need just more pitching infusion over there. So maybe he's just like a, like the eighth guy in your depth chart for pitching. Like who knows? And that's bringing up a good point. That's what I've noticed so far this year as well. When I'm looking for triple A uh, pitchers, you know, and I'm, I have a pretty, yeah. I have a pretty, uh, what do you, what would you call it? I guess you could call it a high standard of guys that I look for. I, I definitely don't want those high walk rates, but a lot of those pitchers uh, around this age group between the ages of like 22, 25, 26 years old, I've even going as high as 26 years old. Oh. That's how desperate I've been this season for triple A pitches to help my fantasy teams. Right. And a lot of those guys have really high walk rates. Like, yeah, for my I mean, it's uh, like, we're used to the PCL just absolutely ruining triple A yeah. arms, but even like in the international league this year, it's just been absurd. So what, what do you think is going on there? Is it the new ball or the new rule? Well, so AAA this year, I believe, is using the um, regular major league ball. Mm. Now, you've had guys that have come up from AA. Uh, AA has finally switched back over to the uh, regular mud ball. But the first half of the year, they had used they were using that experimental pre-tacked ball. So you had a lot of guys that started the year in AA, did really well, got and then got to AAA. And not only did they have to face, you know, slightly more advanced hitters and guys that have been in the big leagues before, but they had to get used to a different ball again. And so you saw like a lot of struggles there. And um, yeah, it's just been a really weird environment uh, in the International League this year. Yeah, like I said, it's been pretty bad. The peripherals are also bad for um, our guy here. What's his name? Drew Rom. But I've seen his name show up before, so that's why I kind of wanted to uh, dig a little deeper on him. 
Uh, ground ball rate's always been uh, kind of uh, around the 50% mark, which, you know, I guess the standard would be above 50%. But the last couple of stops, it's been hovering at, at about 47%. Kind of concerning for me because, uh, you know, you want it to be above 50%. I guess it's still good because he's still doing more ground balls and fly balls, but still, yeah. um, it's still kind of concerning. But And this is another one. Uh, he's allowing hitters to spray the ball anywhere. So they're not necessarily pulling the ball on him. They're also hitting it to the opposite side. I guess that's a good thing, but it's also a pretty bad thing as this might be hearsay, right? I don't Mm -hmm. have enough anecdote. I I don't have enough evidence. This is strictly anecdotal from the time I was doing this research a long, long time ago. But I found that when, 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 when the ball, when there's an unpredictable thing going on in terms of, uh, balls being hit all over the place when it's not being hit at certain spots like 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 in this example where uh drew rom the pitcher we're talking about kind of has a 30 percent and 30 percent pull rate and opposite hit rate uh that tends to not be good for pitchers because those that's how you end up having a high uh batting average against or a high uh batting average and balls in play against so let me see if that's the case is that the correct hypothesis or not? Where is this Babbitt? Where the hell is this Babbitt? Now that I need it, three ninety one. Oh, there it is, and three sixty six last year yeah. as well, and in his first stint at AAA last year. So yeah, there's something to be said about that. But his peripherals were actually good last year in his first stint at AAA. They're bad this year. But like, I I think you're onto something that AAA in general just been, has been awful for pitchers. I don't know. You you mentioned the balls. If this is still a a a product of the pandemic, I know that we saw prospects and minor league players just kind of fall to the wayside because of the pandemic, but, and, and or maybe, that maybe he's getting exposed. Maybe, yeah. the, maybe there's no element of surprise. And like you mentioned, uh, he has an ordinary fastball. Yeah. But, it, it averages 91. Yeah. Uh, it, it does seem to have somewhat good in terms of induced vertical break and pretty high spin rate on the four seamer, but he doesn't really get any whiffs on that his splitter or his sweeper, they're all 22% whiff rate or below. Mm-hmm. Um, the sinker, though, I guess kind of a plus for him here is the sinker is – I had a – okay, now I – yeah, uh, against the sinker, uh, hitters have a 68.8% ground ball rate. So maybe he could kind of uh, – maybe if the fastball isn't working for him like he wants it to, I guess – could turn into kind of a, the sinker slider or in his case, sinker sweeper and maybe cause it gets a pretty good ground ball rate as well. So maybe as a future, as a reliever, maybe a multi-inning guy uh, where he's more sinker sweeper, occasional splitter than trying to, you know, really throw that four seam consistently. Do you have a comp for him? Uh, if he were to be a starter, who, who would, who's a current starter that kind of has similar attributes as him? If you have one, like I mean, I can't think. I can't think of one off the top of my head. Just left-handed doesn't throw hard. Like (laughs) uh, I'm sure there's probably about ten of them that have been optioned about four times already this year. (laughs) (laughs) Because it seems like every team probably has somebody like this, like somewhere on the forty man. Yeah, that's what I'm asking. Maybe, maybe, maybe you play dynasty, so maybe you might have a better uh, understanding of that as opposed to me, who you know doesn't go too deep into the well in terms of player personnel. Yeah. But I was just kind of curious because there, I mean, 
I want to believe in him. I really do. I mean, it's the Orioles, right? I mean, the Orioles have all of a sudden shown this knack after, you know, a, almost a decade of being incompetent. All of a sudden, <laughs> they're one of the more competent organizations. And, you know, I, I want to see. I mean, they brought, brother. Okay, taken, Hulk. <laughs> dude, dude, brother. They've taken ordinary pitchers and made them extraordinary. We, we talked about, didn't we talk about Tyler Wells at one point? Yeah, uh, but he's back in double A. <laughs> was it Tyler Well? Oh, Kyle Bradish is another guy that we yeah, Bradish, yeah, and he, we he had a good start today too. And we only brought him up because he had a very high FIP or a uh, 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 league leading FIP field independent pitching. So I brought it up like, hey, uh, here's a name for you. He's under 25 years old, Kyle Bradish of the Orioles. And remember that we were just kind of like poo pooing him, like eh, whatever. He's just a guy, and all of a sudden he's just a consistent reliable starting pitcher for your Baltimore Orioles. Well, I mean, he was like the, the, he was like the Matt Brash where it's like, you could tell he had the stuff, but you were really worried about command Mm -hmm. and because he hadn't really shown great command, even in the minor leagues. And, uh, but this year, you know, he's got a a little bit back in check at 2.27. That'll do donkey. That'll do. (laughs) I'm trying to see uh, if I could find a guy for us in that comparison a left-handed pitcher that kind of has a splitter and a fastball that no one should be using. Like a guy like him should not be using. And I can't find in terms of starting pitchers, by the way, and I can't find a reliable, especially left-handed, a reliable uh, guy I can, I want to go with here. So no, nah, maybe what you say, Oh, but this guy doesn't have a splitter. I was going to say Cal Freeland. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Some 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 soft tossing lefty. Any will do. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately the guy like with the splitters, I can't find anyone. But what about type one walker? Would that work for you? Oh, but he doesn't have a slider. Never mind. Forget it. Forget it. Uh Logan Gilbert. No, but he throws too many fastballs. But Logan Gilbert also throws in the low nineties, doesn't he? Uh I think it may be a little bit harder, I think. Yeah. All right, never mind that. Maybe so. I thought we could uh, use the data that we have in front of us, but and uh, that might be a, a difficult one. All right, anyway, let's move on to Zach Showalter. No relation, but he's a teenager, 19 years old, right-handed pitcher. Does not have any Fangraphs grades. What has he done at A ball so far this year? Uh, high strikeout uh, per nine, uh, pretty high walk per nine as well, and that's whatever. It's but good peripheral, a uh, 3.79 FIP to go along with a 3.10 ERA. So. Uh, decent season so far for this young man. And they're saying that this guy might be the prize of this trade for Jack Flaherty, but I don't know. Do you see it that way? Oh, by the way, former 11th round pick. Uh, so anyway, former 11th round pick in the 2022 June draft. Do you see him becoming top of the rotation type of caliber pitcher? Uh, at this point, too early to tell. I mean, teenager just got out of the, was in the complex, started the year in the complex league. Um, I think you really start seeing these guys get challenged and really kind of when I start judging pitchers is at least that a high A to double A transition. I think that's the biggest leap they have to make. Um, he's only had 30, uh, 30 innings pitch so far this year for Baltimore between the complex league and a ball. Um, the walks are mad, but whatever. Like I, like I said, I, I don't get too, up or down about teenage prospects generally, especially pitchers, because like the variance in risk on pitchers is just so high. 
So basically, the or uh, the Cardinals got nobody in return, nobody worth of note, nobody that's going to help them in the future. Just a bunch of bum. I, I, I this is music <laughs> to my ears. That's all I'm hearing from you, Sean. This is music to my ear as a Cub fan. I am wearing my Cubs uh, T-shirt today. They got death pieces. They got death pieces. Yeah, for like sure. Ron, Rom and Prieto are definitely forty man up down guys. All right, I got a special guest. I don't know where, what happened here, but she snuck oh. out and was able Uh-oh. to join us on the show. Escape no. artist. Escape artist. Hi, Penny. My daughter Penny's on here, so I'll just hold her until mom gets here. <laughs> All right, so let's go to the White Sox. I know that's a team I wanted to talk about, not just because I'm also a White Sox fan, but that's right. Hooray. <laughs> go back to mama. Go, 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 go. <laughs> close the door, please. Thank you. Jake Berger. <laughs> Jake, and of course she doesn't close the door. Jake Berger gets traded to uh, the uh, from the White Sox to the Miami Marlins. We know who the Jake Berger story, but they got in return this left-handed 24-year-old, 6'4", 215 mass, known as Jake Eater, with a big fastball, big slider, but still some command issues. Uh, high strikeout rate, but also going, comes with a walk rate of a 4.85 in double A with the Marlins. But I saw the blow. There it is. The prospect too long to read. Nearly back from Tommy John surgery, Eater might be the lefty version of Spencer Strider. Is that the case? Is that how you see it? So, uh, from I what I was told and from what I've seen, post Tommy John, the fastball has backed up a lot. Um, from his time, I have some of the Statcast stuff from when he started came back in A ball. It was only nine innings, three three starts uh, before he went up to double a but uh the four seam is only averaging 92 uh sinker 93 spin rate was met on both of them uh so it's basically slider only right now the changeup is still pretty good but the um the fastball really lost a lot of life basically um mm-hmm. post tommy john uh still obviously has the really good secondaries so could still be swing and mess. I think there might be a lot of a lot more relief risk here now than there was like two years ago. So I'm um, yeah. Um, I, I was I'm I'm trying to be optimistic about the White Sox for once. I really am, and they basically gave up a guy like Jake Berger for what I thought after you know seeing the numbers and and seeing what they. Um, seeing the prospect grades, I'm hoping that they might have gotten, I don't know what the hell I'm expecting. But, it's but, It was a good trade because I think they had too many Jake Berger types on their roster with Vaughn and Eloy. Yeah, you're, tell, you're telling um, me. I was just saying the other night, like they had like seven DHs on their roster last year. Like what the hell was going on? But um, Jake Eater was definitely, I would have placed at the bottom of that top echelon of Marlins pitching prospects that were in double A. Yeah. Um, but obviously it's you're betting on, you know, as he gets further away from his Tommy John recovery, maybe that fastball starts to come back a little bit. Um, but if not, you know, the slider is a, a fantastic pitch, always has been his best pitch. And the the changeup still really solid uh, for a player his age. And at, at that level, I think it's more than the 40-45 rank that Fangraphs gave it. And the fastball, I, I would probably switch the fastball and the changeup right now, um, mm. personally, just because I, I think the fastball, if it doesn't come back, then it's kind of like, uh oh. 
like I said, I'm trying to be optimistic because there's nothing to be optimistic about this organization from top to bottom. <laughs> Starts with Jerry Reinsdorf and all the way to the bottom in terms of the minor league player development that be you know that's supposed to get these guys up and ready, like we see other teams do, like you know, I don't know, the Reds, the Braves, you know, teams that know what the hell they're doing, right? And I I I like the profile. I like that, like you know, when I say I literally the profile, the fangraphs page, I like what I see. A lot of red flags, but a lot to like as well. So I'm 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 more optimistic than usual about this team, but still, uh, for this to work, because this White Sox team is so far behind the eight ball in every single thing you could think about. He need they need to hit a home run with this guy. Like he yeah. maybe not Spencer Strider, but um, I'll even take Max Fried at this point. And you know how <laughs> I feel about Max Fried. I I I, I want to like him, but every time I do, he lets he's something he does something that makes me not like him at all like other pitchers but but if i if he can just come close to at least being a number two guy on a starting rotation i think that would do wonders for this team otherwise yeah if I, he's a bullpen guy then we're yeah back i think personally um i liked nastrini uh being acquired by chicago more than i did eater mm. um but i mean even nastrini has his own relief risk built in but just kind of has the stuff that makes you stop and like, whoa, like, and, and he still has the velo that Eater kind of doesn't have now. So, and uh, I don't think we're going to get to this trade, but yeah, the, the, you're talking about Nick Nastrini, uh, in that trade that sent Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly to yeah. the Dodgers yeah. in return. The White Sox get Nick Nastrini, Jordan Leisure. Is that how you pronounce yeah, it? Yeah, I had never even heard of that guy, and Trace Thompson, uh, yet again comes back to the White Sox because. <laughs> That would what what yeah, that's so Jerry Reinsdorf to bring back a guy he used that used to play for his team uh, <laughs> or has some association with the White Sox. I had, I had almost forgotten that he had played for the White Sox. Oh, yeah, so White Sox fan, you don't forget those guys really. <laughs> uh, going back to to the stuff that happened on August first, Luis Patino also got a, uh, acquired by the White Sox, and I don't remember what trade that was. Oh, it's right in front of me. Cash considerations. <laughs> so another lottery ticket here for the White Sox. And this is a former prospect. I know, shoot, this guy's been a prospect since forever and a day now. How yeah. old was he when he was with the Padres? Well, he must have uh, been a teenager. He was young. He was like 19, I think. So in 2017, he was at rookie ball for the Padres. And he was the next coming. That's another one of those prospects from the Padres that you think that they would be foolish to trade. And yeah, then they I mean, go like, there's a lot of people had him as like the centerpiece of that um, well, Blake Snell deal. Yeah, and um, yeah, because he, I forgot that he debuted in 2020. At 20, he was 20. Oh in wow, 20. I forgot that, but yeah, it's um, he got moved in that Blake Snell deal. What was it? Him, Francisco Mejia, mm-hmm. a bunch of like, Xavier Ed. No. Yeah, all of these uh, prospects. Xavier Edwards sounds right. Is that the slapdick prospect? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that had to be Xavier Edwards. I forgot that he was a Padre though. Yeah, who won that trade? Who won that trade? Huh? Huh? Everybody's afraid to trade prospects, and then when the prospects (laughs) get traded, they don't do jack squat. Not even for the Rays. The Rays are supposed to be this minor league hub, this the player development uh, system that does wonders. Xavier Edwards is nowhere near close to being on. No, uh, Xavier Rays. Edwards is like on fire right now, and he already oh, debuted. He? he already Where? debuted Miami. Oh right, Tampa, right. So he had to Tampa, escape Tampa. Wait, no, yeah. So he had, he had to escape Tampa to be relevant. So Tampa didn't do that. The Marlins yeah. did. 
The Marlins are on their on their own little uh, stratosphere right now in okay, player so, development. I'm so okay. So yeah, he went San Diego, Tampa. Yeah, but what deal did did he get traded? I'm I'm confused right now. Who who got traded? What now? So he uh, he started in San Diego and went yeah. to Tampa. Yeah. So he okay. Yeah, I guess he was one of those prospects then. I'm losing yeah, my mind here. I'm, I'm like trying to think about it. The timing seems off, but it's not. That's right. Let's yes. look it up. Yeah, so Let's far in, the, in this year, 350 plate appearances and Xavier Edwards is batting 372, walking twice as much as he's struck out and has 20 the minors? bases. Hmm? Not in the minors? Yeah, triple A. Oh, okay. And he, he he got 22 uh, plate appearances earlier this year, got uh, eight hits, good for a 381 average. I'm surprised that Miami doesn't have him up right now. Like, yeah, well, you know, it's Miami. It's Miami, but still, <laughs> I remember at one point where I, I saw when he was still a, a race farmhand. He was, or maybe I'm mis, I'm I'm misremembering things as I am prone to do. I guess I remember that he wasn't doing much of anything. Like he was just plus, well, last I, I, last year in AAA when he was still with Tampa, he struggled. Yeah. It, it was a down year. Okay. He, he barely stole any bases. Uh, it kind of looks like he was hurt, honestly. Um. Due to the stolen bases, like I mean, it's like you looked at the guy stolen bases, excuses, and then they just disappeared. Listen, man, I want to hear excuses. I, I, I'm all about the results. All right, it's a results-oriented league. But yeah, even him at Double A Tampa, three sixty-eight slugging. So yeah, who well, he's a not a he's not a slugger. <laughs> he's a switch hitting. He's a, he's a switch hitting like slap the ball around and steal yeah, bases. He's a slap dick hitter, like he's one of those <laughs> but, Nick Madrigal and, and, types. And, huh? and even that came with a three seventy-seven on base. Yeah, I see that. He's a leadoff hitter. I see that, but he also, you know, that's the problem though. 377 on base, the next year 328 at AAA for the Tampa Bay Rays. So something that the Rays were doing was not um good doing wonders for Xavier Edwards' development. Even again, the Rays are the developmental hub. But again, Patino, Francisco Mejia can't play yeah. catcher, can't even outplay Mike Zanino <laughs> of all people in Tampa. I don't want to hear it. Like the people, oh, we shouldn't be trading any prospects for uh, uh, established veteran players because they, what if, uh, what if these players end up being something? <laughs> okay, you got three really good players from the San Diego Padres uh, farm system. They go to a supposedly better farm system. They don't do jack for this team. They don't do absolutely anything to help the Rays get closer to win a championship, except for the fact that they were able to trade them for, well, in Patino's case, nothing. They got cash. I mean, that's a cash-starved team, so that makes sense. Of course they're going to get cash. Where's Francisco Mejia today? Is he still with the Rays, or is he he somewhere at this point? I think he's hurt. He's been on the IL. Okay, so he can't stay healthy. Okay, switch hitting, switch hitter, right? Right here. Yeah, switch hitting. Uh, Okay, so he played 50 games. Um, Worth negative war this year. Is he on the IL? He's got to be on the IL. But he's he hasn't done anything productive since he's been a major league no, player. No. He's already twenty seven years old. This is a guy that we everybody had high hopes for. Oh, except for the fact that he can't catch. <laughs> That's why they had to think about moving him to third base, and he can't play there either. This is who this is who teams hesitate to trade when they're on the precipice of winning championships. Oh, we can't trade Francisco Mejia. Well, have fun getting knocked down the first round of the playoffs to the Yankees or to the Astros, I should say. <laughs> Yeah, definitely a, a, a jab at the Yankees, right? Uh, and then uh, uh, who's the other guy? Oh, and Xavier Edwards has to leave. But we're going to talk about Luis Patino, who, yes, he hasn't done check for yeah. anyone, any of these organizations. But 
you know how it is, Sean. It's like uh, that basketball player, you know, like the general greens of the world. You don't give up on them because the athleticism is so freakishly immense. You can't give up on them. The quarter, the first round quarterback in the NFL, you can't give up on like Baker Mayfield, bum ass. Johnny Mansfield's <laughs> bum ass. Even though they both suck, both former. Well, where did Baker Mayfield? Play? They both play in Texas, right? No, Baker, he was in Oklahoma. Well, whatever. College football darlings. They diminutive. The they're not over six feet tall. They're gonna suck in the NFL. Oh, but they were so popular in the yeah. Proof wrong. Bums, overhyped first-round picks, and setting back franchises five years, maybe even decades. But same thing with pitchers, right? You can't give up on Luis Patino, not with those prospect grades, even if it's in twenty twenty-one. Look at this! Look at this stuff, man. 60-60 fastball, sixty uh, high-end slider. Uh, curveball was a work in progress. Changeup was at fifty-five, but still a work in progress. Still, the potential was fifty-five. Command could have been at sixty. Future value sixty for a starting pitcher. Lights out stuff. And getting just world class treatment, uh, young. Uh, I look at this. Patino look relievery. Yeah, I mean he's he a is a failed starter who kept, keeps all of his pitches, even when he's coming out of the bullpen, and it just he doesn't get whiffs. Uh, the highest whiff rate on any of his pitches is his slider. At 30%, everything else is 25% or lower. Uh, I mean, like, the, the velo is there on the four-seam and sinker, but both of them have pretty poor shapes. It seems more thrower, less pitcher, and I think that's kind of been the MO for him the last three years, as he can throw the ball, he just can't really pitch very well. Look at this. The Rays made changes to his pitches, less fastball cut, more slider drop, and his athleticism still portends stardom. Stardom mm, no. as a starting pitcher. No. And, and I, is... I, I get this. He's still, you know, what, 23, 24. Uh, he's about to turn 24. And, yeah, you know, I October. think that was uh, that, that it's little still, recap. It's like, it's like, no, it's like this. I don't think this is going to work. I think he's... That... that little recap was done in 2021, just as, as he was uh, done his prospect level was no. his prospect status was disappearing ended up being the third best prospect for the Tampa Bay Rays overall number 11 overall Sean yeah oh oh how can you trade the 12th best prospect in all of baseball for for a rental player this is why <laughs> this is why sometimes you got to take a chance the Padres have done a lot of that where oh how can you trade this player how can you trade that player you, you got no farm system what are you doing well no one cares about hunter renfro no, no one cares about logan allen the first one not the second one for the cleveland well the guardians did for a while but now he's gone as we found out this year he's no, not the first logan allen no longer pitches for the cleveland guardians they still got the logan taylor allen not the first anyway francisco mejia bum <laughs> taylor trammell already gone from his uh from the mariners right he got traded to the diamondbacks and i haven't heard of no this, uh, no no He's still there. Uh, uh, Kyle Lewis is who I'm thinking about. Sorry. Yes, Kyle Lewis is on the Diamondbacks. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Fami's calling me out. What? Why? What have they shown you to inspire that? Uh, uh, is it about the White Sox? Is he talking about the White Sox, the Tampa Bay Rays, the San Diego Padres? <laughs> uh, we're in a delay here, buddy. Help me help you. Uh, but yeah, Luis Patino, uh, just a disaster. But still, that's the upside that we're all chasing here. And Patino, and along with Jake Either. If things work out, that could be a thing, but odds are it's not going to work out. But, you know, a White Sox fan can dream, right? Patino, yeah. I always liked them. You know this, Sean. I always liked Luis Patino. I still hold out hope for him, even though the results aren't there. 
Um, even though I just kind of bashed every prospect known yeah. to man that used to it, play for the Padres. It, it ain't happening. I, I, I've given up on Patino. Yeah. Maybe the White Sox will find. Oh, it's the White Sox. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the last trick, Kenyon Middleton, who uh, people were excited about him finally leaving Chicago, gets traded for Juan Carela. So Juan Carela is a 21-year-old uh, right-handed pitcher, 6'3", 186, no prospect grades uh, from fan graphs. Uh, but let's see, in high A with the Yankees this year, the second stint in high A, by the way, good, posted, was able to figure things out, posted a really good strikeout per nine, was able to maintain his walks, relatively speaking, especially with the first few guys that we talked about. I think this might be the lowest walk per nine that I've seen so far among the players that we talked about. Good peripherals, good production, um, 31% strikeout rate. Sean, okay, tell me, what? why can I not like Juan Carrela? Uh, I really didn't know much about him. It seems nice looking at his numbers this year, but uh, anytime you have someone um, redoing a level, I expect them to do better. And he has done better. So now it's just whenever he gets that call up to double A, which I I think for both hitters and pitchers, the biggest jump you have really I think it's bigger than even from like to the majors sometimes is from high A to double A. I think that is such a stark jump, especially mid-season when teams are moving all of their top performing guys to double A. Uh, for a, a player to come up to double A from high A, I think is just, a, it's a massive jump. And uh, you got to see how they perform there. All righty then, let's move on. Well, since we're talking, we talked about the White Sox. Let's talk about the Mets. Might as well make it a homer. <laughs> this is all again all the trades that happened August first. So the first one I noticed here, according to the spot record, boring, website, so boring. Well, we, I mean, we can't do everything, man. It's only we're already forty minutes in. I just saw the message. So <laughs> the first guy I saw, uh, Jeremy Rodriguez, gets traded for Tommy Pham. Uh, um, yeah, I, I, that's another outfielder for the Diamondbacks. Like, like they need another outfielder, but I guess they do, especially if they're going to be doing the stretch runs. So and they have so many. They have so many lefty hitting outfielders. Fam mm-hmm. fits in as a platoon mate in left field. Yeah, so it, it makes baseball sense. It just you know, for my selfish fantasy reasons, I kind of don't like it. But you know what, Tommy Fan at this advanced age has carved himself a nice little niche, right? Mm-hmm. Made yeah. like like ten million this year or six million. Yeah. Damn right. <laughs> I, I could do that. <laughs> so Jeremy Rodriguez is now 17 years old. He turned 17 on the 4th of July. Bats lefty, six foot 170. Let's, let's see the, the prospect rates. He was at it for 2023 for the Diamondbacks, I believe. The 29th best prospect, according to his profile page, ETF 2028. So uh, are you patient to wait till 2028 there, Sean? Uh, he's not the guy that's in the car. He's actually not even in the complex league, let, uh, ugh, complex league yet. He's still in the Dominican Summer League, but he was one of the uh, top guys in the international class, I think signed for like 1.2, 1.3 million. Uh, apparently mm-hmm. the Mets really liked him and tried to sign him, but uh, Arizona put the bigger bag in front of him. So he went there. Uh, there were some evaluators I read in the article that um, – compared him somewhat to Diamondbacks current shortstop Geraldo Perdomo um, mm. in kind of that rangy lefty heading of the, I think Perdomo's a switch hitter, but you know, at, at this age, um, I mean, he's been solid. Don't get me wrong. I mean, walking 15% of the time uh, right around league average probably grows into a little bit more power as he gets older, but uh, he's not really the guy, the young prospect the Mets got, 
around this deadline that I'm excited about. So, all right, uh, well, different. let's finish up here then. Uh, the pr- one thing I will say about Rodriguez, uh, he comes with with a high end, uh, what do you call it, the top end, uh, a fifty hit tool along with fifty speed and fifty field. Still thirty five plus future value, but there is some intrigue here. And of course, I know you don't take the Dominican Summer League too seriously, uh, but he's having an Xavier Edwards type of year so far. I just wanted to point that out. Uh, next trade here, what was uh, the Phil Bickford for Adam Korolik? No, that uh, pointless trade. We're not talking about it. No. Well, I, I want I want to get your thoughts. So, well, they, no, they traded arms. They literally needed arms in the bullpen in Kansas City. Uh, in Kansas City. Well, when they okay, so. The trade deadline happened while the Mets were going to Kansas City, and they didn't know who was going to be traded and who wasn't oh, going to be traded. I see what you're saying. Yeah, so they they also had like ten guys from Syracuse, the AAA team, like at the hotel just in case somebody got traded. Interesting. A few did, and they had to fly him back, and then they brought in Bigford and Coleric. So, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm kind of shocked with Bigford because I thought the Dodgers really liked him. Yeah, they did. He had a terrible year this year. Um, okay. he got DFA'd last week, so really, yeah, yeah they DFA'd oh, okay. him. All right, let's move on then. Uh, the next trade I, I see on the spot rack list is Dominic Leon gets uh acquired by the uh the Angels and they give up a guy named Jeremiah Jackson. Another, yeah, I he think... was a former second round pick when Billy Epler was the GM in LA from Alabama. Um, he's luckily turned himself into a bit of a utility king. Uh, has a legitimate like 30 hit tool, but has power mm-hmm. and has good defense all over the field. He can play up the middle, second base, shortstop. Uh, he started playing more outfield this year. He's played some third base this year, um, uh, some left field. So kind of one of those guys, big power um, for kind of how he's only six foot, but he's got legitimate power. He's already had 15 yeah. home runs this year, uh, had 14 last year. Uh, so it's kind of like one of those bench roll guys can play all over the field. Uh, maybe against a lefty, you put him in, gets a couple home runs, you know, so something like that. Yeah, and he also has some stolen it, base potential as well with yeah, the speed. And, and the fact Leon had got signed uh, out of the Texas minor league system in May and had pitched okay. I mean, he wasn't great for the Mets. He was just kind of there. Uh, the fact that they were able to flip Leone for uh, Jeremiah Jackson was actually kind of impressive. Oh yeah, I forgot that uh, Jeremiah Jackson was coming from the Angels. Um, it's I mean, the high strikeout rate. Just seems like he was a perfect Angels prospect. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it seems like that's their mo. He's very. It's very much the toolsy kind of guy. Yeah, uh, I mean, he's been exactly league average this year in the Southern League, 100 WRC plus, with 15 homers, 21 stolen bases, uh, through 350 plate appearances. So those were two shortstops in Jeremiah Jackson. And who's the first guy again? Um, Jeremy, Jeremy Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Well, now we're going to But Jackson's less of a shortstop, like a true shortstop at this yeah, well, point. It's like all over the whatever. place. Middle infielders. Uh, he's uh, he, played he, center field, left field, third base. He was listed as a shortstop. That's why I oh. said shortstop. <laughs> but now we're going to focus on guys who are actually listed as outfielders. And uh, let's see. we got a 22-year-old and a 20-year-old. He actually he hasn't played shortstop since 2019. No, then everybody has to update their actually update oh, their thing. Okay, the complex league 2021. He played five games there. There you go. That's all you need. Then everybody oh, no, needs I to lied. update. I lied. I lied. Oh, it, my God. Fan, Fangraphs had it wrong. He's played 11 games there. 
at shortstop? He, yeah, he's played more in the outfield than he has shortstop. Okay. Everybody has to update their positions for Jeremiah <laughs> Jackson. And Spotrec also has him listed as a shortstop, just like the other guy, um, Rodriguez. Uh, let's start with Drew Gilbert. He's 22 years old. Left-handed, 5'9", 195. All these well, – see, that's the problem with the, when when you try to trade some of uh, the lesser-known veterans where the money isn't at where it needs to be. You end up getting all these scrawny little guys. I mean, the, the average Joe sizes. Well, I mean, they're not the six foot oh, – well, I guess the White Sox got a couple – no. Who the hell got a – oh, oh, oh. What oh, are remember. you talking about? It was the the or, the Cardinal, the, the Cardinals got a guy who was 6'2", and another guy who was 6'2", as well, but they were – they were kind of uh, lanky, but these are five nine guys. They're about my height. <laughs> and I don't know. I mean, anytime I see uh, a guy, Gilbert my is. Yeah, Drew Gilbert is. Yeah, not Ryan Clifford. No, Ryan Clifford's no. a big boy. <laughs> well, the other guy wasn't. I mean, Jackson was under five nine. I think uh, Rodriguez was also about five yeah. nine. It's like all Jeremiah these Jackson, six foot. That's not what. You give you're gonna give him an inch. Let me, that's not what I saw. I saw five no, nine. No, literally, Jeremiah Jackson, Fangraphs. Oh, okay. Foot. So, oh, one sixty five. So give him a burger, please. Give him a Jake burger. <laughs> All right, Drew Gilbert, five nine, one ninety five, scrawny guy. Uh, the first he was the number one prospect for the Houston Astros. At, yes. Uh, this year, first round pick out of last year's draft for Houston. Number twenty eight overall. Uh, 49th prospect overall. I got to see this. So uh, the a really uh, promising hit tool that matches the power that is supposed to be there. Not not the like the biggest power, but still enough to uh, where you might want to turn. Also like a possible a 2020 lot. guy. Yeah, comes with some speed as well. 60 60 prospect rate and a good fielder. Future value 50. Uh, but again, I just want to point out that just because you're a future value 50 doesn't any of these. I mean, you just saw these continue at 60 future value. There's nothing's guaranteed so far at double A. Um, and with Houston, six home runs, six stolen bases, and 264 plate appearances as he's kind of uh, uh, finding his way in the minor league system, has done a really good job of uh, almost walking as much as he strikes out, doesn't strike out more than 20% in double A's, which is very impressive. It's promising. The thing I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not fond of is the lack of uh, the slugging percentage only at 371. Uh, hey, uh, Sean, I thought you told me everybody in the minors. No, never mind. Yeah, it says 371 here, but the Astros. Uh, okay. Okay. So the thing with Drew Gilbert, I found this out when I was doing some research on him after the Mets acquired him, was he did start off, you know, the first month or so in a ball high and just obviously was way too good for it, as you can see his right. slash line there. Um, and then he got promoted. And after he got promoted, he got hurt. Mm-hmm. but it wasn't enough to take him out. And so they kept playing him. And I want to say it was sometime around like the beginning of June. So his like first 16 games um, batted 315. This is from early May to basically the end of May. And then if you go from the end of May through like two weeks, I think he goes like three for 51 while playing. They were trying to do like give him treatment on his shoulder but still play him. Uh, he he DH'd a, f- a few more times rather than playing the field. I, I think he got it from running into a wall. If you read the scouting reports, he's kind of like a hair on fire type defender, like always willing to oh. run. Oh, people speed. are gonna love that shit. Yeah, and um, that. uh, so for a, about two and a half, three weeks right after getting promoted to Double A, like I said, he went on like this terrible thing, and then in the last, what was it? 
month or so right here i think it was like the 20th um yeah since then oh god i've lost it again 620 uh two uh 276 318 480 right around 800 ops 106 wrc plus um definitely more of doubles triples power than true home run power and mm-hmm. before we came on the show i was trying to think of like a comparison for him uh and i couldn't uh, find aaron, one aaron rowan aaron rowan he likes to go into the walls right yeah Perfect. Uh, I, I was thinking more uh, cause like he has good speed. Like a lot of people say he has enough, like the speed will hold for him to play center field. Right. Um, but if it in fact doesn't, he has a very good plus arm. So it could end up in right field as well. Uh, so I was kind of thinking like Alex Rios, Josh Reddick. I mean, I, I know Josh Reddick had like that one, like 30 homer season. And I think Rios maybe had a 30 homer season. I don't expect that out of Gilbert, but those guys were like consistently like 15 to 20 home runs, 15 mm-hmm. to 25 stolen bases plus defense, good arms. So um, if Alex Rios wasn't six foot five, I, I was shocked when I read that. I was like, Alex Rios was that tall, but uh, yeah, I'm going to put him in the Alex Rios, Josh Reddick mold, which um isn't a star but any a lot of the scouting reports on gilbert there are a lot of people that actually don't like him but a lot of people love him it's a really weird mix of evaluations they say he's more than likely not a star but a major league regular which yeah when you're a prospect you can't do much better than that and this might be the best prospect we talked about so far uh, at up to this point well, let's see what Ryan Clifford comes to the, uh, brings to the table. The, and these were the two guys that were involved in the Justin Verlander deal. So yes. far, Mets made the made, you know made the worst of a of a bad situation that they did not want to be a part of because this is not the expectation here when you sign oh, yeah. Justin I, I, Verlander. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this wasn't the expectation, but at the same time, Steve Cohen had already come out and said <laughs> multiple times that when he signs these guys, he considers the money spent. And if the plan that they had between Verlander and Scherzer trying to, you know, compete in this two-year window while you wait for the farm system wasn't working, then why not use that investment, pivot that investment basically, and use it to buy prospects, which is essentially what they did here. (laughs) I get what he's trying to do, but it's still still a fail. I mean, this is not the reason when you guys – I mean, you just said it. You're trying to compete not just for the division. You're trying to compete for championships here. Yeah. And it fell short, but – you, when 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 life hands you lemons, you uh, I don't know, you, you spray your eye or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Ryan Clifford, age twenty, bats another lefty. Oh, I'm 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 sure you're excited about that. Oh, yeah. Two lefties, uh, outfielder type of players coming back. Six three, the two hundred pounder. Uh, low hit tool. This is the opposite of the other guy. Low hit tool, but immense power, but very low speed. So you basically got, got yourself uh, Adam Dunn if, if all things all things cut the, a certain way. Uh, 45 future value. Uh, ooh. Uh, yeah, a lot. No, this is where this guy, most prospect evaluators that like the guys for baseball prospectus really, really like Clifford. It's kind of insane. Uh, it's almost like the Jay Bruce mold here. Okay. Where a guy that has his power, but doesn't necessarily have the associated uh, swing and miss issues, which you see in Abel mm-hmm. Hayek, he's 22, 24%, but the swinging strike rates and chase rates are actually relatively normal for him. Um, 
he doesn't have a, such a long swing that he can't hit any velocity. Uh, it is a little long, but it's not like, oh, he's to- totally completely screwed, but has insanely high uh, max EVs, 90th percentile EVs, hits the ball just absolutely like a tank. Uh, and there are a lot of guys that have him ahead of Drew Gilbert. And when prospect rankings update, you know, here in the next couple of weeks across all the sites, there are some people that are, that are saying that he's going to be ahead of ahead of Drew Gilbert, which I would find very interesting. Yeah, and uh, something else that kind of uh, caught my eye right now, it's one of those rare times where I see a player have a higher opposite hit rate than a higher pull rate, and that's what he did in uh, high A ball and is the last stop with Houston. 43.9% opposite rate. The year before that in A-ball, uh, I'm sorry, the stop before this one, and the, uh, uh, let me start over. The stop <laughs> before high A in single A, he was at 47%. And even in, in, in 2022, it was all above 40% opposite hit rate. What do you make of a guy like that with big hulking power mass? But Because it, it's a lot a like, um, I'm trying to think who's the comparison I've heard. Uh, Tris, when Tristan Cassis was in the minors, Mm-hmm. Um, apparently Clifford's done a lot of the same things that Cassis used to do, kind of like with two strikes. He in, instead of being pure power hitter, he was choking up and just kind of hit it the other way uh, when he was behind in the count and stuff like that. So maybe that accounts for some of it. But I think he just has such m- massive natural power that it's really to all fields. Like he does not have to get it to his pull side to hit for power like somebody like Drew Gilbert. Uh, he's a guy that is capable of hitting the ball out foul pole to foul pole. All right. So that was the Astros to the Mets trade where they got Justin, uh, the, the Astros got back Justin Verlander. There was a lot of that boomerang effect going on to uh, in this uh, trade deadline. A lot of uh, former players coming back to their former teams. Sorry, not former players. A lot of, a lot of current players that went back to their former teams. Uh, you know, like uh, oh, I know the Cubs got one back. Oh, Heimer Candelario. That was that was pretty funny. That uh, they they sent him and Isaac Paredes to the Detroit Tigers, and then years later they get him back. In, they get oh yeah, he was a guy. I always forget that he was yeah. one of those guys the Cubs traded. Justin Wilson and Alex Avila, maybe I think something. And that was <laughs> and I think if that was Alex Avila, that means that his own father traded him away. <laughs> yeah, that did happen. I do vaguely remember that. Uh, I remember, other trade, other trades of note, not necessarily with uh, prospects or minor league players, but trades that I, I thought were interesting. Rodolfo Castro, that's the guy that we kind of talked about back in March and April. Someone that keep an eye on for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Well, the Pirates had had enough, and they've realized that they have other minor league players that they want to bring up anyway. So they traded away Rodolfo Castro and got a guy in Bailey Falter, who is quite the opposite of all the guys that they have trying to come up the major league uh, from their minor league system up to the major league team. Uh, I thought that was a pretty decent trade. Former prospect, Ryan Weathers. Remember him? Remember everybody <laughs> back in, what was it, 2020, 2021, 20, uh, around there? Excited as hell that the Pirates were going to bring him up and call him up. I think that was a year that Chris Paddock got hurt. And so they Something brought like on that, up Ryan yeah. Weathers. Maybe you tell me if I'm wrong, you or anybody else out there. But now he's a Marlins player. And all it cost our Marlins was Garrett Cooper and a guy named Sean Reynolds. So I got to ask you, Sean, as a fellow Sean, is Sean Reynolds someone that we could talk about? Is he worth know. talking about? I don't about? know who Sean Reynolds is. Yay. Uh, 25-year-old relief pitcher, so oh, maybe gosh, not. Yeah. Although, I mean, shoot, judging by last night's gimmick as a Dodgers, uh, oh, maybe they... the, Okay, so this is pitcher first base. 
That's okay. what it was. Okay. okay, okay. So he hasn't hit since 2021. So let me go to his pitching. That okay. This makes more sense. This makes more sense. <laughs> but th- that's what it was. That's what I found peculiar. I mean, he was a horrible hitter. But but age 25, bats left handed, throws right hand. So he's a right handed pitcher. But here it is, Sean. Six eight. 250-pound behemoth. That's the <laughs> biggest guy. You know, me complaining about all these 5'8", five, 5'9", five, guys. 6'8", 250, he should be playing basketball. He's a power forward, but he's playing baseball. And what has he done so far at AAA with these uh, Marlins? Uh, he's mainly come out of the bullpen to low strikeout totals and pretty decent job of, of, of putting control. Uh, there was something else about him that I kind of uh, red flag. Maybe maybe it was in my dreams. But, yeah, um uh, you know, it's a novelty act, right? That's what it is, right? Sean Reynolds, a novelty act, six eight uh, relief pitcher here. Yeah, and that kind of reminds me of the guy the Mets picked this year in the third round. Who I think, I mean, he's like huge, uh, Nolan McLean. And I, I wish I could find him on like Baseball Reference, but it's like the same like vibe of like first base DH. Um, how big is he? I'm trying to find all these articles that have him. But uh, throws, okay, just give me his damn height. Come on now. <laughs> I can't find it, but it, this guy's, okay, he's six foot four, two fifteen. 215. So not as big as this guy, not as big as Sean Reynolds. But, uh, yeah, also a two-way player who I, I think the Mets are planning to let try both. But I think even if it does, it's going to end up looking a lot like this Sean Reynolds hitting page. Because even in college, Nolan McLean was striking out like 38% of the time. But he had like 20 home runs, which was insane. But really good, strong arm. I don't know anything about the Sean Reynolds guy's arm, so I guess we'll see. Uh, it's it's existing. Uh, shout out to Jacob, who's uh, tuning in this afternoon. Uh, he says, he mentioned a guy named Gervais. Ricky Gervais from The Office? No, it's some other guy Paul named Gervais. Gervais. Paul Gervais. He's a... Mets guy, Mets prospect. Is he also six eleven, dude? I don't know. He says something. Okay, about the so this guy, dude? so this uh, Sean Reynolds guy, he throws ninety five. Okay, so that, that explains why. They, and then, uh, yeah, if you average ninety five miles an hour on your fastball, well, you're gonna get a look as at a pitcher. <laughs> Let me ask you: If that's the case, why would the Marlins trade him for a guy like Ryan Weathers, who has? I'm sorry, but that guy has been a complete failure. As a pitcher Gosh. in the major leagues, oh, look at his numbers. He's been he's been awful, and he had all this promise. Again, oh, don't trade your prospects because they may. Oh, okay. So Paul Gervais is six ten, two hundred thirty pound, according to uh, Fangraphs. That's I didn't realize. About. I didn't realize Gervais was that big. When the Mets have another like he's six ten. Uh, Tyler Stewart six nine. Tyler Tyler McGill, who we know is in the major leagues, he's like six seven, six eight. Oh yeah, Mets got, also... the Mets got some tall tall boys. Yeah, they also got a guy named Takeshi. He's 6'9". Oh, <laughs> On the regular. Oh, uh, Gervais also walks a lot of guys, so we're never going to talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> Unless he turns into Randy Johnson, which I, I, that's something to look into one of these days. How did Randy Johnson overcome his height so he could be the most dominant pitcher of all time? There, I said it. Uh, you want to talk about the Red Sox acquiring Bradley Blaylock for Luis Urias, which, you know, I thought Selfish just them. I, I just thought them getting Luis Urias was cool. Yeah, why was it cool? So they can meet uh, a team up with Jaron Duran again from this Team Mexico days in the WBC. Oh, they were on the same, yeah. But no, um, I, I just feel like that's actually like a solid ballpark for Urias. Mm-hmm. Maybe he could hit some uh, homers over the Green Monster. Who knows? 
But obviously, we're here to talk about Brad uh, Bradley Blaylock, 22-year-old, throws right-handed, 6'2", 200-pounder, uh, big fastball, pretty good slider, uh, really good breaking pitches, also with a curveball. Changeup is a work in progress, but so is the command. 40-plus future value. The 17th-ranked prospect for the Brewers, I'm assuming, according to the Fangraphs fan profile page. Uh, really good swinging strike numbers, but he's only in high A, and so far with the Red Sox in high A in seven starts, uh, decent uh, – Nine per, he has a nine per, uh, <laughs> nine <laughs> strikeout per nine rates, but very good control. Uh, I, I know it's high A, but still, that's pretty damn good, especially for, after all the numbers we've seen from other pitchers that were traded, where they were like hovering around the fours walk per nine ratios, I should say. So there's a lot to like here. I might, this might be a guy I might throw into my radar, especially going to the, the Milwaukee Brewers who have a, well, supposedly they have a knack for finding <laughs> pitchers out of nowhere and making them some kind of uh, relevant. Besides that, Sean, is this? Do you believe that Bradley Blaylock is a guy that we should be looking into as he progresses through the minors? I mean, it seems to be solid numbers, so um, it's not a guy that I'm like rushing to go add, but got to keep an eye on. All right, now I know that there was a method to the madness. I guess we can go. We should be talking about the other guys that the Brewers brought in, but I mean, it's Andrew Chafin and Evan McKendry. Both of those guys are well over 20. Well, McKendry's only 25, but Chafin is a veteran. So we're not talking about the Brewers because that's a boring ass team. Let's talk about the Tigers. I want to talk about the Tigers. You okay talking about the Tigers? Right. <laughs> All right. Um, so remember when I said that teams would be, uh, maybe it wasn't with you, maybe it was with Angel or, or, or maybe even Stephen Carey, but I said teams will be really stupid if they give up too much for Michael Lorenzen in his fluky years this year. I don't know. I haven't really not been paying attention to Michael Lorenzen because I don't give a damn about Michael Lorenzen. <laughs> that would explain why the Phillies went ahead and traded away Bailey Falter just to make room for Michael Lorenzen on the rotation. Well, but, like, Falter hadn't even been in the rotation. That's why I was kind of so shocked that they just gave up on him so quickly. And, but that's back, what I mean. I mean he was early. I mean, yeah, he started the year in the rotation and then he just ended up in the minors. And I was just like, yeah, okay. And I think he was even uh, on last year's World Series team, too. He mm-hmm. was pitching the World Series, I thought. That's why. And then like, you're right. Like, kind of out of sight, out of mind. I'm kind of shocked that he you just, you're telling me that he went to the minors. I did not realize that. No. Uh, all right. But they got the Tigers ended up getting for their troubles for an all-star pitcher. They ended up getting this guy named Hayu Lee. Hayu Lee. Throws right-handed. 20-year-old. Bats right-handed. Middle infielder. Listed as a second baseman, Sean. Don't kill the messenger. Listen, that's like are, you, are you going to point out that he's five foot nine? He's five foot nine, one ninety. He's a little guy, but you know, at second base, that's okay. Bill Mazeroski <laughs> type of guy. Although I'm going to find out Bill Mazeroski was like six three, wasn't he? That's why he uh, made it to the Hall of Fame. No, uh, <laughs> oh, he was a little guy too. Okay, yeah. uh, I was just going to say, don't tell me that he played like center field. Like I can only tell you what Fangers is telling me here. Uh, so the hit tool is it's not 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 to Sean's liking. I'm assuming the power though is something to look at. Because it can go as high as 55 for the game and the raw power. 40-plus future value. What has he done in high A with the Phillies so far? Not hit for power. 85 (laughs) plate appearances. Has 14 stolen bases. Put that in the bingo card of things that you were not expecting to see from a guy with lots of power. 14 stolen bases. Has done a really good job of controlling his strikeout rate this year. And has double-digit walk rate as well. Uh, 372 on base percentage. That is... is, um, uh, it comes with a 401 slugging percentage. So that's a lot better than the other guy that we talked about who also had a high on-base percentage, but a really minuscule 
Um, but I already forgot the guy's name that we were talking about. That like, well, Xavier was, Edwards. No, there was another guy. Was it him? Oh, okay. I'd rather Maybe have Xavier him. Edwards over this guy. Probably, probably. But I'd rather have the four hundred one slugging percentage that goes along. That goes along with the high on base percentage. I mean, three, uh, you're gonna tell me that three seventy two on base percentage isn't good? Uh, it is, but this is okay, there, high. Uh, Edwards is doing it in double A, triple A, <laughs> and it's fast. Like this guy has, struggle. this guy has okay speed. Fourteen stolen bases, Sean. Edwards had like twenty something. 20 something from a punch and Judy hitter. I don't oh think so. Oh my God. You're going to tell me that a 401 slugging percentage is meaningless. I don't. Geez, I'm telling uh, you, I'm, it's okay. It's not from great. a second baseman. <laughs> from a second baseman, I'll take it on my fantasy team right now if I could find one. I'm stuck with Nico Horner and freaking. Uh, who's my second baseman now in the in the other league? Um, shoot. Well, I was depending on Brendan Donovan and he got hurt. Yeah. If I pick up a second baseman two or three weeks later, he's going to get hurt and out for the year. I'm still waiting on Brandon Drury to get back. So that's just my bad luck. Um, so anyway, that's Hi Yuli. Uh, so how, how the Tigers do on this trade? I mean, remember this guy was an all-star. Michael Lorenzen was, remember this is a guy. Well, that, he, oh, Michael he, he was an up. affirmative action all-star. Who? Hi Yuli. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> No, Michael Lorenzen. Michael, sorry, Michael. Because every team has to have one. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Only reason. But uh, well, the reason I, I kind of mocked that is because as the trade deadline got closer, there was a lot of rumors. Oh, I got like twenty teams all interested in, in Michael Lorenzen. So because he's an all star, like I hope people aren't really going to think that they're going to get a lot. That they're going to no, see a lot of. I prospects think the go. reason so many teams were likely interested in Lorenzen was he's still somewhat, you know, capable. And you wouldn't have to give up the same thing as you would for, say, the Giolitos or the Verlanders or the Scherzers. So the price was more palatable for Lorenzen, um, mm-hmm. which I mean, like, he's pitched fine. Like, in last year, he pitched fine. He's a fourth starter, like, whatever. Just if you I'm need just, one, trade for him. I'm just happy that teams did not give up a ton they just give up a guy a, a power hitting second baseman what that the dan ugla version of i'm sorry why of is the everyone, tigers why is everyone saying this guy's gonna be a power? maybe they there's something like in the scouting report that i haven't seen for them to give those power tools uh, uh, just, to him but like you look at his numbers in the minors and it's like okay seven home runs and 300 bats last year uh, well, i guess he had he had nine and 350 and this year he has five and not even 300. Well, uh, in 2022 in high A, as soon as he got called up, he hit with he had a 486 slugging percentage. I know maybe slugging percentage is everybody. games. Those 40 plate appearances. I mean, it's still, I mean, it's it, the, the potential's there that he <laughs> he wasn't hitting 386 slugging percentage like some players that. Uh, <laughs> You're not going to let that go. But I, I, I'm just checking something here. So uh, 2022 in single A, he hit for 11 doubles. I know that that's not the same uh, in 302 plate appearances. And that led to a uh, 415 slugging percentage from a second baseman. I don't know. We're, 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 we're celebrating guys who don't get a lot of strikeouts and get a 365 on base percentage, but are hitting well below 400 slugging percentage. So I don't know. Sean. I don't know what's real anymore, but <laughs> There must be a reason to the madness. But then again, they're just great. We, we talked about this before. Uh, they fluctuate just like players fluctuate, player development fluctuate, rankings fluctuate. I'm just telling you what I see in front of me. Uh, there's two articles there that are linked to Hi Yu Lee. They, people can check out uh, and read more in depth about it. 
But so far, he seems like some, if you're in need of a second baseman, or if you're looking for any type of second baseman, even for your team, <laughs> even for the Tigers, Tigers. When's the last time a, a Tigers had a legitimate second baseman? Lou Whitaker? Jonathan Scope. <laughs> like I said, when's the last, oh, so they got his, they got his replacement ready. Jonathan Scope does the exact same thing. Yeah. yeah. Except that he doesn't. Except Jonathan Scope had that one crazy year where, well, actually, that was last year where Jonathan Scope was like the best defensive player in history. Like (laughs) it was absolutely, he was worth 22 and a half defensive runs last year, which didn't even balance out his negative 24.6 offensive runs. Uh, He had a 57 WRC plus and 510 plate appearances and still finished with a 1.5 war because of his defense. I don't understand. Like, I know Scope was a good defender. Like, he had good defending years in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. But, like, last year came out of nowhere. He was – where is it? 2020-20, yeah. Um, Eight DRS, four and a half UZR. He was worth 27 outs above average last year. Jonathan Scope at, like – 30-something, 30, 30. How old is he? Oh, my God. Jonathan Scope just turned 31. I feel like he's been around forever. Because he has been around forever. That's what he's, happens. Yeah, he's when, been around for 10 years. When when teams uh, don't oh, man, I, I hope, with their I prospects. hope he makes it to – he because he didn't – he hasn't – okay, he played 55 games this year. He got released. Damn. He's going to – I hope he I, – I hope a team signs him ne- next year. Let's him play half a year because he's going to be very, very close to ten years of service time. Oh, look at that! Okay. I always, I always root for the guys that are like real close to ten years <laughs> to finally get it. Like Travis Darnoff just finally got ten years of service time. Congratulations! Well, if you're not a fan of how you lead because you think he's too raw, you don't like it. You don't think his power is legit. You think that I just uh, think it's it's boring. <sighs> like I don't see how somebody could give him fifty-five game power potential when this is what he does like he oh, seems like an okay Lord. hitter like he seems like an okay hitter yeah but he's, yeah, but... he's maxed out his frame like he's not getting bigger like no no i mean five nine i mean you can't get any bigger than that uh unless you start doing things <laughs> um okay hold on a minute now you got me thinking here so let's look at all the second basemen that are in major league baseball uh let's say Let's what what's the what, what what's the thing here? We're at 480, 300. Let's let's cut the plate appearances to about let's cut okay, let's fuck it to 200 plate appearances, right? Let's get all the players. And I'm gonna sort this by slugging percentage, right? You can't see it, but I'm doing it. <laughs> oh, I'm doing it too. <laughs> Only a handful of guys are above 500 slugging percentage, including your favorite player of all time, Ozzy Albies, who you yeah, always yeah. Shit well, he's, on, he's, he's but good. He's, he's having a good year, or whatever. Well, no, he's not. Three seventeen sh- on base. He, he'll be shitty next year. Three seventeen on base percentage is not good, but he's making up for it because he's just hitting bombs yeah. over Atlanta. That's all that matters, right? Uh, Brandon Drury, also with a three twenty one on base percentage, but I'm crying about him because he had a four ninety seven slugging percentage. Now you get down to the meat of the matter, right? And there's a lot of guys in the middle of that top thirty over the Fangraphs page when when you do what I did, and that's drop it down to 200 minimum plate appearances and you sort it by slugging percentage. And there is a big meat of guys who are between 450 and 400. All right. He, looks like, of, an, he looks like an Andy Abanez. I bet Hayu Lee is going to be Andy Abanez. Yeah. Uh, the Tigers are used to that, but I mean, I'll, <laughs> I'll even 
but with the what was what was his uh, slug, uh his on base percentage that was that pretty yeah the oh uh the 372 that he has with the Phillies right now I know it's not uh that he had with the Phillies 372 with the Phillies right I mean that's Brandon Donovan right there 362 with the 419 slugging percentage what, okay. what did he have yeah do you really think a, a, 37, a 372 on base and high is gonna translate exactly to major league pitching I mean th- th- it, that that drops probably like 40 points it depends, right? Like I mean, you yourself said that it's still it might be too early. He's only 20 years old. He's only an A ball. But the one thing that does that probably does translate more than anything is the fact that he takes a lot of walks and is already showing a knack for limiting his strikeouts. A guy of his stature with the with the mighty power that he supposedly has usually has higher strikeout rates than this. And he's around 20%. I know 18 might be the outlier, 25 might be the norm, but everybody's 25 at this point i mean he's so, like like the strikeout rate's nice i just think this is a very boring player by the time he gets player. to the major leagues but by, by the time he gets to the major leagues he has the exact same on base and slugging percentage as brendan donovan who you defend to the death but this guy has it and because like, oh, brendan donovan has done it at the major league level okay but we're looking for major league comps for minor league players that with with the numbers and i'm telling you that that's that's the comp all right you don't like that comp okay Let's go lower than that. Let's, uh, I don't know. I mean, that's uh, that's uh, such a rarity. No one else does it like Brendan Donovan or Hayuli, apparently. Um, let's see. Yeah, because now that you're dropping all the slugging. No, it's not going to work, Sean. It's not going to work. Uh, <laughs> Nico Horner, I mean, like 328 on base. Doesn't I mean, that's slow. Doesn't have the speed. Well, he has 14 stolen bases. That's what Ooh. I What is uh, Nico Horner? He has 26, but with the new rules. I don't know. I never thought nico horner was this magical space dealer what did he do last year before the rules he had started? 20 he, i think he's had 20 plus back back years he had 20 oh, last okay. year 26 this year so the, the last this year and last year were the first time that nico horner went over 20 stolen bases in major league baseball was that his mo in the minors i've uh, seen that now we're in this rabbit hole right. See, that, that's he never he never was that guy he never was that guy i mean you can say he never didn't play enough the cuss might have uh, brought him up too soon. He was a. It, it also takes into account player. like what your minor league system lets you do. Exactly, I, yeah. I get all that, but again, that wasn't shown in the past. Just like we don't know, maybe the Tigers didn't want him hitting for all those moments. Maybe he, they just wanted to take it easy or aim for something. Well, let's 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 find out. Did the numbers show that he was a guy? I was sorry, not the Tigers, the Phillies. Maybe the Phillies. Yeah, the uh, he was he had a thirty eight percent opposite hit rate with the Phillies this year. Um, so he was working on not pulling the ball so much, so he's getting that valuable experience in the minor league. So he, well, he's he going to Detroit, league, he better learn to pull the damn ball because you ain't hitting a home run to right center. <laughs> oh, but, 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 but let's say best case, now this is all best case scenario because I, I, I do like the profile of a high league because I've been through it all, Sean. I've been through the players that you kind of like, I've been through the speed guys that i kind of like i mean g1 bay has been yeah the stolen bases are nice but he's been a disappointment when he's been healthy i mean i I tried my best to kind of open up my you know my mentality that i have on these guys especially at the middle infield positions most especially at second base but maybe let's say the tigers right we know that you're five nine you 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 reach your your limits in terms of your physical attributes right we just want doubles from you can you kick the ball into the gaps? Can you do that for a player, for the Tigers, for this Tigers organization? Can you do that? What's to say that he can't do that? What's to say that he can't just 
hit nothing but doubles and maybe triples in that cavernous ball field that they have down up there in Detroit. It's possible, right? Okay, maybe. 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 Hi, you Lee. Maybe. Well, here's a guy you might like, but the other player that the Tigers got on August 1st, uh, Eddie's Leonard, another middle infielder. This guy listed at shortstop, according to Fangraphs, 22-year-old, 5'11", 195, big hit tool at 50-50. Everything else is kind of pedestrian, that's, but that's, that's a Sean what, guy right what, there. Former Dodger? Mar- uh, Marlin? Dodger Marlin? I feel like uh, I recognize his name. I only see Dodgers, and and of course the Tigers acquired yeah. Eddie Leonard, Eddie's Leonard for cash considerations. So and so far this year, in his first stint in Double A with the Dodgers, uh, three hundred eighty eight plate appearances, eleven home runs, uh, seven and a half walk rate with a twenty one point nine strikeout rate, and that's a guy with a high hit tool, going up a little bit above twenty percent. The other guy had a lower hit tool and was only eighteen percent this year, albeit. Eddie's Leonard had a higher, uh, tough, a type of competition. I get it, but he, he's kind of a ground ball guy too. I remember he's he's had a ground ball issue for the last couple of years. That's a problem, now, isn't it? Yeah. And you know that he limits his strikeouts in terms of modern baseball because twenty one percent. That's it's like twenty one percent. I think is right below league average, right at league average. Yeah, nowadays oh. you'll live with twenty one percent, twenty one point nine percent actually, but still you'll live with that. The the thing is that he this year in Double A he. Came with a 327 on base percentage, which I don't know. Last I checked, 372, 368, those are higher on base percentages than 327. He does come with a little bit of pop at 411 slugging percentage. Again, things you look out for, right? But still, WRC Plus has this guy at 96. What has he done in terms of the batted ball rates in the Dodgers land? Uh, 41% ground ball rate, 43.9% pop up rate. Well, there's your problem right there, isn't it, Sean? That's all. Those are automatic outs right there. 43% yeah. of the time you're you're an automatic out because you just pop everything up into the air for no damn reason. And he's a 50.6% pull rate hitter for a guy with a whose best attribute is that hit tool. I, I know I'm, I, I jokingly said this is kind of like one of your guys here because you always brag about the hit tool. This guy is nothing but hit tool. Is there hope for an Eddie's Leonard to one Util- day? Utility infielder. Utility infielder? All right. Utility infielder. All right. Well, we are 90 minutes in. We try to talk about as many teams, minor league players. We definitely got our two teams out of the way who got the minor league players on August 1st with the Mets, the White Sox. We talked about you know the guy that the Brewers got. We talked about the Tigers. We talked about uh, who else the hell else we talk about? Um, the uh, Orioles made- getting Jack Flaherty. Yeah. The Cardinals uh, getting back something. The, uh, me uh, applauding the Padres for having the balls to go out and get the give up on their prospects and get some major league ready players because at the end of the day, once those players get traded, those minor league players get traded, they un- end up doing nothing for their team anyway. So it doesn't matter. Last words from you, Sean Kennerly. We talked about the guys the Mets acquired today, but I think my two favorite we didn't even get to talk about, and that was Baby Acuna, Luis Angel. And Marco Vargas, keep a name, keep an eye out for that name. Marco Vargas was acquired in the David Robertson deal. Possibly my favorite prospect that was traded of any of the deals this deadline. Legitimately one of the best hit tools I've ever seen a 17-year-old have. And shame on us, we didn't, we we mentioned two guys that the Marlins acquired. I don't know if these guys are going to do anything for this team. I mean, Ryan Weathers, I... What the hell, Ryan? I mean, they, they, they basically <laughs> at, at least they're trying. 
<laughs> this isn't trying, man. This is just, I don't know. I mean, Garrett Cooper got traded. So I wonder if this is like a salary dunk because they're so, they're so poor. And then they traded <laughs> so away Sean Reynolds, poor. which the six, eight guy with the big fastball, but mm. not much control. And Jake Berger, which is <laughs> Jake Berger is the most. Well, I actually I like Jake Berger. Well, and, and that's nah. like, that's a bat that they need. Uh, well, well, riddle me this, Batman. If you didn't, you already have Garrett Garrett Cooper to play that Jake Berger role. I know that Jake Berger is better than Garrett Cooper. I don't know about that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll and he's this. under control. He's under control for another five years. Okay, so and Garrett Cooper is on the older side. So I guess yeah, Garrett that Cooper's a, I think a pending free agent. So so not only is this move for right now to take advantage, and they got of Josh Bell. <laughs> and I was I was just about to get that. We should talk about that trade, not so much about Josh Bell as. Uh, the Mike Petriello in his podcast mentioned how it's weird that the Marlins went from this contact heavy team to, oh, snap, we need more power on this team. Let's go get Josh Bell and Jake Berger. And I guess it makes sense. I mean, especially for Jake Berger, he's having one of those magical years. Uh, I still don't like, I never liked Jake Berger, even as a white sex, but never, ever, ever liked him. But I understand that he's a one dimensional guy and the one dimension is the big time power in his bat. But he has a lead glove at, 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 at you can't trust him with a glove. <laughs> he strikes out a lot. Last I checked, he strikes out a lot. What was, what was the strikeout rate yeah, this he's year? Sitting so right at 30% this year. Okay, yeah, yeah. Everybody, you 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 always you always mock these guys who strike out more than 30% of the time, unless it's not, Jake not Berger. All, not always. All the oh, okay, James I, I, I like J- Joey Gallo. <laughs> James Altman. I like Joey Gallo too. I know you like James Altman too, but I you know what I don't like about James Altman? He's left handed. No, oh, no. Oh. <laughs> uh, his last name. It's out, man. It's a horrible name for a fielder. Jake uh, Berger's sprint speed is in the seventy-first percentile. Yeah, the what? guy can run. The guy can what? run. He can. He can. He's pretty. Twenty-eight point one feet per second. What? Yeah, he's pretty. I, I heard about that. He's and and you see that's him live. Absurd. And that's wild. He, he can run, and that's with a plethora of leg injuries over the years, right? <laughs> yeah, he's. Oh, well, he tore his Achilles. What twice? Once. So, I definitely know. I, I know he tore his Achilles. I know that yeah. for sure. I know. I know that we're talking about That's his wild. Uh, his uh, career might maybe even be over as well at yeah. one point. But we know who Josh Bell is. He's the guy that we don't know what to make of him. I mean, is his power legit this year? Let's see. He has twelve home runs. Okay, twelve home runs so far, and a three ninety two slugging percentage. Uh, no, that's that's not good. That's for a guy like that. No way, man. Good luck, Marlins. But wait, let's... He hits the ball on the ground too. He he hits the ball hard, but it's often too much on the ground. That's always been his MO. That's, that's always been his, his thing here. So let's talk about the prospect that the Cleveland Guardians got in return really quick. Khalil Watson, 20-year-old, bats left-handed. Oh, another 5'10", another 5'10", another guy who's below six feet. Talk about a, a, a very... You but can have pop- very interesting conversations about Khalil Watson. But very high power, high speed potential. Oh, he's like, he could value. be Jazz Chisholm or yeah. he could just be nothing. Yeah, well, he'd be lucky if he's Jazz Chisholm. But this is what he's done with the Marlins so far. So, and, you know, if, the fact that he comes with the Marlins, the Marlins have a type, don't they? Yeah. Uh, seven home runs, 14 stolen bases uh, right there. Pretty exciting player. Unfortunately, that excitement goes, he can either steal a bunch of bases, he can hit that big home run, or he can have that big-ass strikeout. But you yeah. know what, Sean? It's still a two to, uh, one to two ratio. He walks uh, uh, He walks every other time that he strikes out. So uh, one to yeah, two times. And there is also, I think, another reason why, because this was a guy that they drafted in the first round mm-hmm. just a couple years ago. Um, he had some, yeah, he had some off the field stuff as well. 
What all the field stuff? Uh, actually, it might have been on the field, but it was <laughs> it was like character issues. Gotcha. Um, so I think this was just a, a clean break. They just kind of sold high on the the potential of Watson. I, I think he's all he's too much all tools, no soft skills. Mm. Um, I, I think if you're in a ball striking out thirty percent of the time, you really put yourself behind on the developmental track to even become a major league player. Of course he has the athleticism to maybe overcome it, but uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm no peace. There are people out there that love Khalil Watson because he has a very, it's a, when he makes contact, it's a beautiful swing, but it's just like all or nothing. And I just, I can't do that. I can't do it. Yeah. And, uh, and he's going to the Cleveland team who have done a wonderful job of developing players. I mean, every year you think that Cleveland is just a dump and that they're not going to amount to anything. But they always have that farm system with multiple. And I'm talking about multiple. You see, and that was the weird and, and thing for this top 100 list. Yeah, that they got him. And he is such an outlier compared to what they kind of have coming up in their uh, minor league system, which is a lot of guys that are contact over power. Yeah. So maybe they're hoping they can develop the hit tool a little bit more. Yeah. And they have some, you know, great middle hitting infielder types that have debuted already or on the roster right. guys like brian rocchio uh, i think he's finally back up uh juan brito is a, a, a name yeah. that i really like tyler freeman guys that mm. like that were always really good hit tools yeah uh, so to see them kind of go after um some explosiveness yeah watson you know. was interesting but uh i, I just I, I i didn't like him when he got drafted i thought it was way too much in terms of like he really has to do a lot to even become a viable major league prospect. For sure. And uh, this year has kind of been a waste. I mean, he's only 20 years old, so who knows? Maybe as he matures, uh, his, his skill level will also go up to match that athleticism. But it's been an awful year in, in high A ball. And so far in 12 plate appearances, it's not been a, a, a fresher breath here, new scenery type of deal. He's already at 42% strikeout rate with Cleveland. So red flags everywhere. But if anyone can turn guys like this around, I firmly believe that the Cleveland Guardians have that capacity to do so. You know who I don't believe in? It's the Chicago White Sox. <laughs> T- today, I actually question my fandom of them. I know that people give me so much crap about me being both a Cubs fan and a White Sox fan. Um, although th- this Cubs team has not been enjoyable, although lately they've been, but it's like, I just can't. I <laughs> You're cannot... waiting for it to fall apart. Oh, it's, it has to fall apart, but it, it, it hasn't. And and it makes me wonder, maybe this is a team. Because the issue with them is they, they did enough to draw, to keep the Cub fans from giving up too much on them. They had to do these signings in the offseason. They had to make these acquisitions in, under the guise that they're, well, we're just rebuilding. We're rebuilding. No, you're not trying to rebuild if you're trying to you know, bolster your, your roster. You're not, you don't even have bums out there. You, you have some decent players that can amount to something and you're playing a weak division, right? Yeah. And this is the result. The result is you got, you, you, you got on a lucky one. You caught lightning in a bottle. Everybody is hitting. Everybody is pitching great. And it's resulting in a playoff hunt, right? Especially in that weak division with the Brewers and the Reds. But that wasn't the plan. The plan was just, <laughs> Put a major league ready team out there just so the cup fans can keep coming back. And we got Cody Bellinger, guys. Oh my God. $55 for a ticket. Let's go. And <laughs> and uh, of course, you that 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 is such a destination place, Wrigley Field. 
Uh, I just don't see it ever uh, failing to attract an audience. But you still got to feel the team of of somebody's because, yeah, you, you can't afford to feel a team of nobody's all the time. Yeah. So you got to do what you got to do. Right. And, and, and again, I think the minor league system now, now people, cop fans are going to tell me like, oh, Philippe, you're just a Debbie Downer. You don't believe. But the, the guys that were supposed to be the big name prospects have not done anything this year outside of Pete Crow Armstrong. I know Ben Brown and oh, there's another pitcher there that's that I really uh, like. Kate and that's the guy, Kate Horton. They've they've done it the thing. But the guys that were in top five, top ten years ago, they are gone. They're MIA. not gone. <laughs> they're not gone, but they're not fulfilling the promise. Especially, yeah, they're not fulfilling the promise, right? So that's why I'm I'm kind of disappointed. And I'm not getting any of those feelings that I used to get when I used to get about Chris Bryant, Javier Baez, Anthony Rizzo, Kyle Schwarber, Ian Happ, all those guys when they were coming up the Cubs farm system. En route to a World Series championship, although I don't think Ian Happ was part of that team, but still, first round, former first round pick that he was. Um, but it's a nice little story, but it's I don't see what this talk about rebuild is coming from when the team was not built to re, be rebuilt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Especially on the major league roster, and the farm system is still I it's it's not imp- not not overly impressive. At least it's not impressive like some of these other systems that we talked about, like the Guardians. The I'll even. I'll take, I'll take the Padres over the last two or three years over the Cubs farm system. But then we get to the White Sox, right? And this is something that I've been consistent about them ever since they started on that path to their championship window with that core, with Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, Lucas Giolito, all those guys. And I kept telling White Sox fans, if they don't do X, Y, Z, this is going to be a failure and you're going to let all these wonderful players miss out on that championship window because the White Sox cannot build up any players on their farm system. They're too too much cheapos when it comes to signing the big-name free agents that they need to sign to put this team over the top. And you're too much chicken shit to make the big trades that are necessary because that's the difference there, Sean. What do we talk about all the time? Do the, do, no guts, no glory. The Astros, when their players started bitching that this team wasn't doing much of anything, they went out and got Justin Verlander. Not once, but now twice. <laughs> Same thing with the uh, with the with the Cubs. Shit on the Cubs all you want. They got to roll this Chapman, and they won a World Series. You could say it was in spite of him, or be, or you could even say because of him. But it was, it was definitely a piece that they needed because that bullpen was atrocious that year. We barely made it by the skin of our teeth, and Chapman was supposed to mend all things that were wrong with that bullpen. Maybe he, and you know, maybe what's his name? Uh, Joe Madden brought him out too early. Uh, Chapman was not utilized the way that he wanted to be utilized. I don't know what it is, but it was uh, definitely a move to be made. And who gives a shit about the prospects? Nobody likes Levi Torres anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and Billy McKinney, this is like a second or third thing with the Yankees. Mm. And nobody cares about Billy McKinney. They're all waiting for other players to show up because Billy McKinney's a bench piece. That's it. And who knows what happened to the other two prospects? I know they're probably out of baseball. So that, that, Anyway, I'm I'm rant sorry. over, rant over. I'm trying to put a nice little bow tie here, but I can't. But this is what happens when you decide that you're not going to do any of those things. You you don't do anything right. You don't do anything correctly, and you just let a championship window go by. You see all your best, well, supposedly your best pitchers go by the wayside, get traded away for 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 science projects. Congratulations, <laughs> Chicago White Sox. Anyway. Science projects are fun. No, they're not. Not like this. I mean, not when Eloy Jimenez is getting not when Eloy Jimenez is getting injured in the middle of a brawl. No one gets hurt, but Eloy Jimenez gets hurt. Like he's already limping. Oh, that was very comical. 
Not him yeah. getting hurt, but just the situation. But and the White Sox won. They won last night, and then won, I think they won today as well. And all we are going to talk about how Tim Anderson's dumbass got punched the knock, I got just, punched I, the I F out. I find it was really it funny that they had to in today's lineup Jose Ramirez as the designated hitter. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm surprised they weren't like just suspended. Like, I'm sure a suspension is coming, but. Oh, well. oh yeah, it has to be. But yeah, Tim. Yeah, I, I wish the White Sox would have done something to trade away Tim Anderson. I know that they were, probably would have gotten not Nothing. much for him. <laughs> but you need to get rid of it. He doesn't want to be here. He doesn't want to be here anyway. Shout out to Tony Salter who made it to the show this late in the, in the game. He has his own thing. He has Tony the Savant TV. We talk sports. That's his Facebook group. Go check it out. Anyway, that's Sean over there. I am Felipe. Thanks for tuning in. We will talk later. See ya.